What's up, disc golfers? Joe here with Joe's Disc Golf, and I have got a jam-packed show for you. We are talking Eagle McMahon. We are talking Paul Macbeth. We are talking about the European Open, Evelina Solonen, Paige Pierce, and of course, Nico LeCastro, which is probably what brought most of you to this channel in the first place of my mostly sensible, reasonable take. Um, I thought some of the comments were super funny. There have been enough comments where I haven't been able to keep up. I'm sorry. I do have a day job and that's what actually pays the bills. Sorry, guys, but that's just how it goes. Thank you all for watching, though. This has been so much fun. This is this is another chance of extreme growth with the channel. Um, and it has been pretty funny to watch. Just giving you a bit of a channel update, working on getting the weekly updates on for the BMAC people. That's buy me a coffee uh, link in the description below. No worries. Don't don't bother if you don't want to. I am not pushing anything. Don't care. Um, if you do, great. If you don't, great. It's all up to you. You're listening to the Joe's Disc Golf Podcast with your host, Joe. I've got the microphone all set up. There have been some complaints here about the uh, state of the audio in some of the videos there. Uh, I have mentioned this in the prediction. You know, uh, some of the issues I've had. I know not everybody watched the prediction show. Not a big deal. That's fine. That's okay. You don't want to watch it. Not a big deal. Those are my best educated guesses as to who I think is going to do what. Plus, also some of the course changes that have happened. There have been several changes that happened there. But hey, that's that's just how it goes. That's the way the cookie crumbles. As Bruce Almighty would say. Uh, fix some of that. Uh, the last episode of the Half in the Bag episode was. Uh, definitely the ASMR version. Uh, some complaints there about breathing. Fix those issues with the microphone with in terms of placement, as well as uh, it's uh, someone said it sounded like there was a mixing bowl or something in the background, too. Uh, that is just off to my left right over this way. As I look at the microphone, I'm looking at my 55 gallon fish tank. Now, normally you don't hear that. However, this time, I did not have the noise gate properly set up on my microphone. So it was picking up my breathing. It was picking up the fish tank. It was picking up my wife, my wife walking around. That was way harder than it should have been. My wife walking around up above. Again, not a real big deal, but that's just kind of what was going on there. So eh, it is what it is. We live and learn and try to survive to the best of our abilities. That is what is going on there. Big news in the world of disc golf. We had Junior Worlds happen not that long ago. And big shout out to Hiram Hart for taking down the 12 and under division in the boys division. A uh, local guy here. He is awesome. I have had my butt handed to me on a silver platter multiple times by this kid. He is good. He is definitely the real deal. And I can't wait to see this kid go out on tour, which won't be for quite a while. He has a very good, strong, healthy family background, and they uh, value education, which is something good. You cannot play sports your whole life. Uh, 
whether you play football, golf, disc golf, basketball, whatever, you always have the potential of having your your game that your current game that you're playing could be the last game that you play. And you don't know it because of some crazy injury that may or may not happen. Now, it is a very small chance, but you need a backup. You need something to do. So they're encouraging him and making him finish school. Obviously, he's also 12. He can't get onto the Pro Tour yet. I don't think there's a bottom age limit technically, but he's also still like he's very good. But in terms of the pros, not that good. He will be give it like two, three years, especially he gets a growth spurt. Oh, good Lord. This child is going to dominate the pro scene. Go Fort Wayne. So we got that going on, which is pretty awesome. Looks like I'm clipping a little bit, getting a little too close to the microphone. Sorry, I get excited and I get close to the microphone. I apologize, everybody trying to be more cognizant of that. So as I alluded to at the beginning of the show, we've got couple things we're talking about here. Paul Macbeth, Paige Pierce, Eagle McMahon, European Open, Evelina Salonen, and of course, everyone's favorite person, Nico LaCastro. But we're going to save that for the last. That is what we call a teaser. Going to keep you hanging around by teasing you just a little bit here. So we'll start ladies first. Ladies first here. Paige Pierce takes down her 17th major putting her as the most winningest major person FPO player passing Valerie Jenkins Doss. And it has been, it's crazy. Um, she just, she won it. Uh, one, one thing that I thought was pretty entertaining that this was pretty cool. I don't know how updated this is. So going onto her website at the time that I looked this up, which was two days ago, it is Thursday, the 28th. So on Tuesday, the 26th, Her website had her listed as a current rating of 991. Phenomenal. I can only wish to be that highly rated. I I digress. Currently, and I don't know if this includes the European Open or not, she has 991 wins. That is one of those really cool random facts. So I don't know if that included that or not. Um, I look it up on the PDGA website, but I'm live right now. So whatever, whatever. She ends up beating Evelina Solomon. Spoilers. Oh, God. Oh, man. Did I make the mistake of saying congratulations, Eagle McMahon, on your win? Spoilers. Spoilers. Holy crap. Sorry. There are no spoilers in live sports. You watched it or you didn't or you avoid social media. That's just how it goes. Um, if <laughs> I'm that's just how it goes. She ends up beating Evelina Solonen by three strokes. She was down eight strokes after round two. Biggest comeback in any major or DGPT event, I believe. I know majors for sure. Majors for sure. So that was that was pretty awesome. That was a battle. I, we basically, uh, me and my friends were talking. We're like, yeah, this is Evelina's to lose. And no offense to Paige Pierce, who was grinding it out and was doing her best and just kept on playing. She easily could have given up at eight down from the leader. And she didn't. She kept on chugging along. She she kept on going. And yeah, she ended up winning it. But like I said, she could have easily just killed it or just given up. And she didn't. It was Evelina's to lose. And it was Evelina that did lose it, much like it was Kristen Tatar's to lose, albeit a little bit closer throughout the whole thing. And Kristen Tatar lost it at Champions Cup. 
and USWDGC, Paige Pierce was not even in contention. So one thing that Paige Pierce said that she really loved about this course is it really showed off the FPO game. Now, she is one of the handful of bombers that really could take advantage and show off their skills, quote unquote, at a course like this. It's like her, Haley King, um, Kona's got some distance in her. Those are your distance throwers. And they were playing the exact same layout as the men. And it just goes to show you the importance of two separate courses for men's and women's that play the same, but have appropriate distances. So, you know, there's a, if the men are trying to hit a layup zone, that is about 400 feet out. Women should be 350-ish, give or take. Same shot angle, same similar. Like if it's supposed to be kind of a hyzer line or a forehand line or whatever line, something similar so that, it, it, so that they're playing the same game. Right now, they're playing two different games, in my opinion, at least at the European Open. They, it was a big old who can air it out the farthest with some accuracy. Now they're, you know, OB and all that fun jazz. But we're all playing that the same. Um, it is what it is. So that's that's kind of where I'm at on that one. I think that the course could have done better in terms of FPO and MPO, whether that's new T pads or whatever. I don't I don't know what the answer is. You can see a lot of the U.S. courses here. They have different T pads or different pin placements or both. Not usually on the same hole. We could in the D-Glow preview show, I had mentioned that that a lot of the holes have either two pin locations or they have two different T-pads. So that that's kind of how that's going there. Um, but back to Paige Pierce, uh, this long course definitely suited her game better than USWDGC. Now, WDGC, USWDGC, I think that went too far into the opposite direction. I, I think that went too short. So there wasn't enough scoring separation. And that made Paige Pierce sad because she couldn't just air it out. Now, I'm not saying Paige cannot win on a short course. She has won on short courses, long courses, open courses, wooded courses, courses with freckles and courses with chicken pox and Oscar Mayer wieners. I don't know where I was going with that one. Kind of lost my train of thought there. Wish I was an Oscar Mayer wiener. Um, However, uh, there it just the distances were such that everybody had the same equal chance of winning, which you could argue that's a good thing. You could argue that's a bad thing. Uh, but the the mistakes weren't punished as much at USWDGC as they would have been at other like, say, USDGC eh. to each their own. Say la vie, la vie. So uh, putting for the whole week. For all four rounds, 82% C1X, 82%. Good job, Paige Pierce. Good job there. She gained 16 strokes on the field, T to green, and 11 more in uh, on the putting green. Now, Evelina was absolutely crushing it on the first two rounds. And then third round was okay. Uh, fourth round was not so good. She averaged 70% from C1X. Uh, generally speaking, had she at any other tournament she was at in the US, hit 50% from C1X, 50%, not even a crazy amount there, she would have basically won everything. 
theoretically, you know, all, all other things being equal. Here, she gets 70% and doesn't do it. Not at all. Uh, she actually only had a 55% C1X from the first round. Uh, before that, obviously, 55%. But before that, she was upper 70s. She only had she gained three strokes putting on the field. So she was able to take three strokes from everybody else on the field, which is amazing. That's awesome. Considering the fact that she usually gives up 10 plus strokes to the field where she loses it there. Uh, she gained 19 strokes T to green, which is about average for Evelina Salonen. I'd say she usually is about there, give or take. Um, however, Again, sorry, got to back up from the microphone here. Usually that's kind of where she takes it up a notch and, and kicks everybody's butt. And she generally did. However, it wasn't quite enough. We've seen her uh, basically break down in round four. And it was pointed out on the upshot. Yeah, it was on the upshot. I was listening to their podcast the other day. And they pointed out, and it's a pattern that I've, I haven't noticed or did not consciously notice, that uh, she's been kind of falling apart in the final round. Something gets to her. The pressure of winning, the whatever. She ends up, final round, collapse. Now, putting, kind of like the final of every hole. She hasn't done so well in the U.S. Whatever she's changed when she went back to Europe, fantastic. She's been doing great. She gets here. Is it the added pressure of playing with Paige and Katrina and the top U.S. women? Is it the added pressure of the cameras? Um, as I understand it, the Disc Golf Network Europe, I can't remember what they're called off the top of my head. Essentially, that's what they are. Disc Golf Network in Europe, separate entity, no affiliation with Disc Golf Network. But she... Uh, may, there's not as much camera coverage. I don't know about post-production, not as much. So maybe she's just not used to all the extra cameras, all that stuff. Can't say that they're not used to the crowds because generally speaking, the crowds in Europe have been pretty solid. The crowd here at uh, European Open was massive. They talked about having at least 5,000 people show up for the final round. And from what I've listened to, from what I've seen from pictures, now... Pictures can only tell you so much. Obviously, you're going they're going to take the aerial shot they're going to take is the one where the whole gallery, everyone is trying to crowd around lead card with Paul and Eagle going at each other's throats, just going to town, just boom, 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 neck and neck, fighting it out, duking it out, just going crazy. So obviously, you know. They're going to want to take that because that's going to help inflate their numbers. Not saying that they weren't huge to begin with. From what it sounded like, though, the crowds were really big. Uh, some things that they could improve on. Some of the pros have talked about just having a little more separation from the spectators and the warm up area. There wasn't quite enough separation there. So people were kind of getting asked for autographs when they're trying to warm up. And, you know, that's that's kind of awkward. I get it. I, I, I get it. So. Eh, it is what it is. That's that's just kind of where we're at there. But oh, come on there. OK, so. That's kind of what's going on there. 
women's side, pretty awesome. A lot of fun to watch. Pretty amazing that Paige Pierce was able to come back. Uh, that's that's what I've got to say there. She was able to do it and come back and then enjoy her win. And now she's got that monkey off her back. She can go into Worlds and play loose. That is another course, another set of courses that plays well to her game. Uh, they're the uh, Jones Supreme and Emporia Country Club. We got to see a preview of those with DDO. However, we're expecting far less wind with that because whew, they were playing in some very, very windy conditions. However, generally speaking, in August, it is much calmer in Kansas at that time. So we'll see. I alluded to it before. Eagle McMahon takes down his second European major. This one was actually the European Open, not just Kona Piste. So I think he's cementing himself as one of the greats in the MPO. Just kind of working on that. Which is great for him. That's awesome. I, I can't believe it. Like, it's so, so awesome for him. Uh, I was wrong. So I had predicted at the beginning of the year in the half in the bag podcast when we're doing our predictions. Some of them were supposed to be crazy, so I inflated my number. So they're supposed to be a little off the wall. So I said Eagle McMahon would not finish in the top 10 until he got his shoulder surgically repaired. Now, for those of you who don't know, I work in sports medicine. I deal with throwing athletes, overhead athletes. An overhead athlete would be anything from a volleyball hitter to a swimmer, baseball, softball, anything where you kind of bring your arm over your head, similar to a forehand approach, similar to backhand. There's enough similarities between the motions to where I felt confident saying, you know, normally I would say probably top five, but top 10. Either way, he beat me. He he was like, screw you. He totally watches this all the time. Totally. What's up, Eagle? How you doing, buddy? What's up? Uh, he definitely does not watch this, but he did end up winning, which doesn't matter what I said. He ended up winning. Good for him. Now, my thoughts came from years and years of experience. As someone just told me that that was a terrible take. How could I ever say something like that? I don't know what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. I based it on the science. I based it on the current literature that I had. I based it on some of his posts that he was going with a relatively untested treatment in terms of this. Uh, he went with PRP or stem cell therapy, which they take your blood, spin it, put the blood cells back in. Uh, I believe at least if you donate your plasma, they put the blood cells back in with PRP. Not sure, but they take out certain parts of your plasma injected in your shoulder helps the healing process. Now, most of this has been done on arthritis and other joints. There was one that showed really good results for a left shoulder. Generally speaking, a majority of the human population is right handed. So when I said that, you know, it wasn't going to go so well, he probably wasn't, you know, who knows? They didn't say which this person, it was a recreational basketball player. They didn't say if this guy was righty or lefty, which makes a big difference. Now, if I go and I get my left shoulder repaired, Whoop-de-doo, my left arm is along for the ride. It's not the moneymaker like my right hand. So that's kind of where I was with that. Generally speaking, baseball, softball, hockey. I had hockey players with labrum issues after dislocations, subluxations, which are 
you know, a dislocation where it goes out partially and comes right back in. Essentially, that's the nuts. That's the basic. So when I said that, I was like, well, this is what's happening. He probably has this. He probably has this. Like if I was a betting man and had a thousand dollars to put down, ten thousand dollars to put down on my odds on Vegas, this is what I would have. I would have I would have bet it. I would have bet the house. I would have gone all in and said, this is exactly what I think. And, you know, that is what it is. Eagle McMahon beat the odds, at least from what we've seen. I do want to caveat this with saying he's only playing European Open. He's only playing Worlds and USDGC. And that's it. He played this tournament without a forehand, which is super impressive. Watching that course, there are certain holes where a forehand just makes the course, makes the hole easier, just makes it way easier. Or it gives you the option where it's wooded enough. You're going to end up in the woods at some point. Everybody did. You're going to end up in a position where a forehand, a stretch out forehand makes sense. He did not throw one single forehand. And that's what he said his plan was when he reported to when uh, Ulti World said that he only threw four lefty shots. So that in of in and of itself is super impressive. So. It's just when and when he got in trouble, when he re injured his shoulder, when he re subluxed, when he subluxed for the second time that we know of. That was it, I believe, Jonesboro, when he got a little too cray cray when it came to his forehand and he threw a four forehand power shot and it didn't go so well for him. It is what it is. So, yes. It was a little off the cuff there to say 10, but my gut was saying five ish, maybe six. So, yeah, I don't feel so bad about that. Again, like I said, I based everything off of my experience and what the scientific scientific literature had said. I'm glad to be wrong. And I said that right off the bat. I said I'd be happy to be wrong. I made a video saying I was wrong. I have no problem with that. So, yes, uh, he did. Like I said, he did get that. He still he says, according to Ulti World, he says he still feels some instability. He's taking this time off. He's spending an extra week in Europe and then headed back. He is going to continue to do his strengthening and his training. No word on rehab or anything else. I'll be curious to see how this goes. And if there's any other scientific literature out there that says to the contrary with this, send it my way. Joe at joesdiscgolf.com. Please. I, I want to know. I, this, is, this is my field. If there's some research out there, like there's, I'm one person. I can only read so many scientific journals. I can only read so many scientific articles. They're like, it's my field and I enjoy it, but they are dry. They are brutal. Anybody go out there, read a technical paper, go read your stereo instructions. Okay, now do that for a living and read those constantly. I'm trying to get better as a sports medicine practitioner. So obviously I read this stuff and do it and it's exciting, but still it does not make it any less dry. Trust me. So. Um, one other thing that I did notice with Eagle McMahon this year is his mental game has definitely gotten stronger. Uh, before it would be Eagle McMahon up towards the top, doing well, doing great, and then throws one bad shot, leads to another, leads to another, and then you just see the collapse and it's he's all gone. That's it. No more Eagle. Eagle has mentally left the house. Eagle McMahon is not here any longer. However, whatever he's done since then, 
whether it's some books he's read, whether it's mental help that he's gotten, if he's seen a mental performance coach, whether it's a sports psychologist, those are two different things. Learned something recently that um, mental performance coach and a sports psychologist, while they do have some overlap, they're actually very different. I, I had no idea. I thought it was all within the same general thing, essentially. But again, hey, the more you know. So, yeah, good job. Again, Eagle going to play Worlds and USDGC. And if anybody's out there listening, watching, concerned at all, go ahead. Feel free. Drop a line in here. I'm here to answer any questions. Thank you. All of you who are there. Uh, Anybody who is out there, you feel free to drop in the live chat. Cool. For those of you, we're going to take a quick break listening to this audio podcast, or maybe you're listening to this post-produced. Thank you to our sponsor here, Log. What rolls downstairs alone or in pairs rolls over your neighbor's dog. What's great for a snack and it fits on your back? It's Log, Log, Log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's better than bad. It's good. Log from Blamo. Now, thank you for that sponsor break. There we go. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody here. Now, we're here to talk about Paul Macbeth. And he shoots out of his mind. Just goes crazy. <clears throat> One of the best rounds he has played. I think it's, it's by far the best tournament as a whole he's played all year. Probably his best round is in here, too. Hard to say, you know, all the different tournaments, different whatever. But he played so, so good. So phenomenal. And I'm so excited for this. Eagle plays one better. He just does a little bit better. And they went back and forth and back and forth. And it was neck and neck and exciting from the start. They were on the same card the entire tournament. And that probably helped them to just absolutely eviscerate the MPO field. Paul Macbeth beat third place by 16 strokes. Kevin Jones, who played well. He played well, lost the tournament by 17 strokes. He lost to Eagle McMahon by 17 strokes. Paul Macbeth, credit to where credit is due, played really well. He had two shots where it was just like, dude, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, one of those was on 17 where he just he threw it and instantly knew it was not good for whatever reason. I apologize for hitting the boom arm here. Still getting used to it being closer to me than it has been in the past so i apologize here but eagle mcmahon paul Macbeth, one for the ages espn classic instantly instantly so eagle mcmahon takes it down congratulations congratulations there now we are going to get into the meat and potatoes of this podcast talking nico lacastro i put out Several videos for this. I apologize again for the audio on that one. Working on it. Uh, no more music for whatever reason. Whenever I try to put music in, YouTube just upsamples the volume on the music track, and I don't know why. And it uh, frustrates the hell out of me because when I listen to the version I have here, uh, the pre upload, it sounds completely different. So, People had told me a whole wide variety of things that Nico should get a lifetime ban. 
you should be banned for anywhere from a couple months to two years, anywhere in between. The rules say it can be up to two years. Uh, they also say, you know, I should watch another sport. I should look at this other stuff. You know, it wasn't that bad. Blah, 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 blah. So here we are almost a week after it happens. We haven't heard anything from the PDGA yet, which is which is good. They, they did release a statement. They said, hey, you know, we don't condone this being referred to the disciplinary committee, which is good. That's good. That's what you should do. That's what any situation, regardless of the player, that's what you should do. Someone had also posted on Reddit uh, that the, uh, the list of people who are currently banned from, whether it's a temporary ban or permit ban from the PDGA, most of those are just tournament directors who did not pay their fees to the PDGA after the tournament was concluded. I think you have like 30 days to do it. I haven't been a TD before, but whatever the time frame was, they haven't done it. So they have a temporary ban until they pay that. Whoop-de-doo. Like that's not really a big deal there. So that's that. For those of you who didn't see it, um, I'd like to know what, lo- what rock you've been living under. Uh, is there extra space? Because I wouldn't mind getting away from the world for a few days. But if you didn't see it, Nico is on hole 17 or 18. I can't remember off the top of my head and throws a shot. Rules official, who is the PDGA Europe president, says, hey, time violation. I'm giving you a stroke. And he goes, what? And walks up to the guy. He goes, why? And he's like nose to nose with this guy. He goes, why? Because you took too long. Time violation. He goes, why? PDGA rule. Why? And he's like, whatever. And he's like, because of this. You took too long. He's like, well, you need to step back after Nico approached and got into this guy's personal space. So the guy steps back and he starts to walk away and Nico just starts stalking him and just trying to intimidate this official. Now, people have said that, you know, that's, you know, you're just being a, you're just being a sissy Mary. You're just whatever. You're being weak. You're blah, blah, blah. I hate to tell you, this is a gentleman's game a ladies game we don't act like morons we don't act like jerks we don't act like that we try to keep calm cool and collected now obviously you throw a bad shot i'm okay with you like you know kicking the ground like one of those like frustrated kicks not like haul off and boot your bag which is a at the very least it's a courtesy violation i can't remember if that is just an instant stroke or not Someone can correct me in the chat otherwise. Either way. Uh, so there's that. Um, and I was like, all right. People are like, well, this happens in baseball. And well, in baseball, it's a little different. Generally, when you get nose to nose like that, you're looking to get kicked out. And that's what would have happened. Uh, you can't, you can argue with sort of, you can ask clarifications and that in football and hockey and whatever. Hockey, it's weird. It has to be the captain that does it. Uh, generally speaking, when it's a clarification, even the coaches can't really talk to him without the captain. And they've got weird rules like that. But even in basketball, you go, what? You know, that's not whatever. What would get anyone tossed out immediately from all of sports is doing what Nico did, getting in their face and then stalking them, essentially. That's where the biggest issue comes in. Nico was called earlier on and somebody else, uh, Chandler Kramer, I think it was. Uh, someone can correct me in the comments below. 
Sorry, again, if I'm saying the wrong person. But there are two people who were called earlier in the round, first couple holes. So this was the second time. So he was appropriately stroked. He was warned. So and it's not like he was sitting there for 31 seconds. He's like, here, you can, here's the timer. Here you go. You can see the proof right here. <sighs> so how would this be handled in any other sport? Because I was told by several different people that I should go watch other sports and this is how other sports are and blah, 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 blah. So I decided to look into this a little bit and I looked up what what potential issues you could have. So in the NBA, for what Nico did, uh, he'd be assessed, most likely assessed a technical foul, technical foul, which those are sent for being disrespect, disrespectfully addressing the official. Now, I, you can find these. I'll have the links in the uh, description below. This is from the NBA.com. This is rule number 12, fouls and penalties. So physically, physical contact of an official, eh, overt actions indicating resentment to a call or no call, and taunting. He definitely hits three of the four of those. I don't think he made any physical contact. It didn't seem like that. So technical foul. What happens when you do that? Every technical foul for the first five, you get assessed a two grand fine. Six to ten, three grand. Eleven to fifteen, four grand. Five, uh, more than five, uh, 16 or more, five grand plus a one game suspension. Now, in this situation, Nico would have been tossed from the NBA. That's from what he did there. He would have been ejected. So that is $2,000 fine plus a suspension of some kind. After that, if he gets tossed again, it's the last fine plus two grand. So you get tossed twice, that's four grand. You get tossed three times, that's six grand, and so on and so forth. So it just keeps adding two grand each time. In the NFL, you can get assessed fines for physical contact with the official, verbal. In, in that case, the fine is $36,148 for the first offense. For the second offense, it's $72,299. That probably has to be based on like league minimum and whatever from that. From there, again, I don't think he made any physical contact, at least none that I saw on camera. Verbal or other non-physical offense against official, let's fall into that category, $28,917 for the first offense. 57,840 for the second offense. This now none of this includes any team rules that may or may not be violated. In the MLB. Uh this varies. Uh at least a couple thousand dollars. MLB very tight-lipped on what this is. All I could find are based on like these people have been injected for certain amounts of money. I could leave that link also. All these links will be in the description below so you could take a look at it. At the very least, it's a couple thousand dollars and a couple game suspension. NHL can find them for unsportsmanlike conduct, which this would fall into that. Up to 50% of one day salary, maximum of $10,000 for the first time offense. Second time or subsequent offenses, $15,000. Now you're saying to yourself, well, what about those are all team sports. Those are all more physical sports where tempers are flying. The umpires make the umpires and officials make hundreds of thousands of dollars and are well-versed in their craft and never make mistakes. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't, couldn't keep a straight face with that one. So, in tennis, 
Now, the best information I could find are for the Grand Slams. These are the Australian Open, Wimbledon, the U.S. Open, and the Fourth Open. <laughs> May the Fourth be with you. So, in Grand Slam tournaments, the players are fined by the Grand Slam board, which is a minor offense is audio audible or visual visual obscenities you can't flip someone the bird you can't you know say other things that is anywhere from two thousand to twenty thousand dollars that depends if you are where you rank in tennis so the better players the top 10 top 15 top 20 make significantly more than people who are in the top 100 top 150 so that is based on how much so it it hurts equally essentially a major uh, aggravated behavior. This can be determined by either one big incident or multiple minor offenses that show a pattern. Behavior deemed detrimental to the integrity of the game. Probably he'd be borderline, I'd say. He'd be borderline. That comes with a fine of $250,000 or all the prize money you would have won at that tournament. It depends. So obviously the guys who the guys and gals who finish in the top four, top two winner make a boatload of money. And those who are, you know, you finished 57th. It's probably just going to be your total amount there. Now, why not look at our brethren, the golf ballers in the PGA? You can get fined for slow play. And it has happened before. The first time is just a warning, like, hey, you got to pick up the pace. You got to get going. The second time, five grand. Third time, plus 10 grand by your, and that's per offense. So you do that up to the 10th time, that's $25,000, and you are placed in the last group for your division. No matter what, doesn't matter who you are. You could be Tiger Woods leading. And if you get called for slow play 11 times or 10 times, I highly doubt that would happen. Not only are you paying a boatload of money, you're paying $75,000, $100,000, and you're now in the last group because you take so freaking long. Now, the way golf does it, the better players go out first, the worst players go out last. Generally speaking, the weather conditions are better in the morning. So uh, there was a... An article published in Golf Digest a number of years ago about a pro golfer talking about how he was fined and how that happened. And this is, he was fined $2,500 for conduct unbecoming of a professional. I believe at this point he said that um, he was rude to a volunteer. Yes, there were still volunteers at a PGA event. And something about like, oh, here's your light. You're not going to like it. And he's like, I don't need to listen to this crap from some volunteer of professional. To a certain extent, like, you know, your lie is bad as you're heading over there. You know, it. like even in disc golf, you're like, I don't need somebody to tell me my lie is bad. I know it's bad. I shank that into the trees. That's in the weeds. And this is not going to be fun. I don't need someone telling me that. Whatever. So he is being rude. Oh, that was a that was the second time was he was being rude to a volunteer. The first time he was on lead card or close enough to lead card where he missed a foot and a half putt and said some 
naughty words and they were overheard. And so he was fined. Now, the being rude was an undisclosed amount. And this is his quote there. Some of the guys out there think disciplinary fines should be made public to ensure there's no preferential treatment. Me, I get why the tour keeps them secrets to protect our image. And that's kind of what the PDGA needs to do is protect their image. They need to come down on Nico in an appropriately tough manner, in my opinion. They, he needs to, they basically, they just need to go like, hey, you know, this is unacceptable. I don't care whether you are Nico LaCastro, Paul Macbeth, or Joe Blow number 117 in random pro tour stop where you got lucky enough to get in. They need to, and I think, and, and this is where I'm thinking, this is, so he has also said, well, Clash Discs has dropped him completely. Clash is like, nah, peace, bro, gone, dunzo, not hanging out with you anymore. See you later, alligator. Gateway has suspended his contract at pending investigation. Uh, I believe they're doing their own investigation. Uh, they might just piggyback off of whatever the PG, PDGA finds. I'm, I'm not sure. It's a little closed. I don't know how much we're going to find. Nico has apologized a couple more times on social media about as believably as the rest of them. Again, people have said that I have been dancing on this guy's grave, trying to cancel him or whatever. I'm just saying, if you've seen one of his apologies, you've seen them all. And that's exactly what I said before. They're not sincere. At least they don't come across as sincere. And the more words you say like that, the more times you apologize, and he is no stranger to apologies, it loses its effect. It really does. The more you do something or the more you're exposed to something, it's, it, it just loses its effect. And so he is currently in Finland, Sweden, one of those. I can't remember. I don't know if he stayed in Finland during the European Open, like afterwards, or if he went up to Sweden. He's in one of the Nordic countries seeing a qualified health, mental health care practitioner. He's seeing a counselor, which is good. He's got some issues going on. Whether that is some anxiety related into anger, whether that is just strictly anger management. I'm not a mental health care professional. I don't know. I don't know what the differences are. I, I, I wish him the best. Like right now, I hope that this is his rock bottom. I hope that he now sees like how bad this is. Like, the kind of uh, dumbassery that he has partaken in. And I'm not above that. I'm not. We've all participated in stupid stuff and done stupid things, said things we've regretted and done things we've regretted. You know, let he who has not sinned cast the first stone. I'm saying that if he's, if this is his rock bottom, which I hope it is, he can only go up. He is hopefully now getting the help he needs to be a better player. As I mentioned in one of the other videos before, Bradley Williams had horrible anger management problems, got suspended for uh, 18 months, two years, something like that. Came back completely different. Like it, it was at the point where other pros did not want to play with him. They're like, no, I don't want to be on that card, man. He is terrible. Now it's like, oh, sweet. I get to play with Bradley Williams. He's awesome. Super nice dude. Super chill. I hope that's what Nico is. Like, I, I would like to see his, the ruling from the PDGA to be 12 months with the stipulation that if he goes to this counseling, 
gets better, gets a letter of whatever saying that he did actually go. No offense, but like, you know, I work in the med- I work in the medical profession. If you don't document, it didn't happen. So just something to say, like, yes, I am, you know, counselor so and so. And here's my number. And yes, Nicola Castro came in for X amount of sessions, you know, something that is specific enough without going in violating HIPAA laws. I know it's in Europe, but you get what I'm saying without exposing everything, just saying like, yes, it'll be 12 months. If you continue to do and show improvements through your mental health counseling, whatever you're getting, then it'll be reduced to six months. You go six months. He's back in February ish. If they let him go, if it's timed from August, should be back in time for Las Vegas. If not, uh, Shelly Sharp, oh no, Shelly Sharp is before that, or the Memorial, some, you know, basically missing maybe one or two of the 2023. I know we're doing a wraparound this year. We've got two events in uh, December, January. So, hey, you know, whatever, whatever, it happens. Hopefully, maybe that's what happens. Maybe he gets better. I really want him to. You know, he has done so much for the sport. He has been relevant. He's been touring since 2003. He's one of the best in the world in like 2008, 9, 10. And there, I think he was ranked number one or right up there. He's a very good disc golfer. It's a, it's a shame that if he does not come back, if he does not fix his issues, that this is how he's going to be remembered rather than for what he contributed. Now. I just, I really hope it does get better. I really do. So, uh, yeah, just kind of trying to process all that. Um, switching, switching gears. I think that's all I have to say about that. If anybody has any comments, please leave them in the chat. Otherwise, we will move on to our last topic here. If you are curious and uh, do want to chat with me more, feel free to hop in the Discord server. There is a link in the description below. You can also find me on all the social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Joe's Disc Golf. You can shoot me an email, joe@joesdiscgolf.com. But we are going to get into our last topic here. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, screams of pain, leave them in the chat now, and I'll get to them before the stream ends. If not, well, I'll catch you next week. So we have the... Uh, we have the ratings update, the, uh, Joe's disc golf power rankings update here. Just going to go through a few notable changes here before we get into the top 10. Now, if you want to find these, these are on joesdiscgolf.com. You can look for power rankings, go to the MPO and find the latest one labeled 728 2022. Now we have making it on and probably falling off pretty quick. Eagle McMahon is 21st. Now, how did I come up with that? Well, he did. He won the European Open. So that bumped him just up mathematically, bumped him into the top 25. That's all I go through is the top 25. Sorry. So he's bumped up. Chris Dickerson drops down. Matty O drops down. A lot of people dropped because they did not show up to the European Open. I did not do an FPO power rankings because there's practically no one there. And that would have totally screwed everything up. Yes, I know Paige is there. Yes, I know Katrina. And, you know, there's about 10 women there. So but there's enough that weren't there that would have totally ruined everything with how this is all calculated. So 
Eagle McMahon is on. Vino Makala jumps up to 17th. He was unranked prior to this. Pretty crazy right there. Huge moves here by Chandler Kramer. Jumps up eight spots to number 13. That isn't the biggest move we've seen so far. Because 10th, right here, Kevin Jones. Jumps up seven spots. Calvin Heinberg with the biggest jump since the last ratings update, which was a couple weeks ago. I did not do PCS Sula because that also was not very well attended by the Pro Tour. They're still trying to get over there from Idlewild. So I did not include those people. I did not include that tournament in the ratings update. Calvin Heinberg jumps up 10 spots, 10 whole spots. That is insane. Absolutely insane. He is now ninth. Ezra Aderhold continues his slow climb to the top. He is now sitting eighth. Adam Hams stays steady. Seventh, still staying seventh. Kyle Klein drops four spots to sixth place. Ricky Wysocki jumps up one spot, one whole spot to fifth place. Gannon Bird drops three spots. He has finally given up the title of the number one spot at Joe's Disc Golf Power Ranking is now sitting fourth. James Conrad, again, holds steady at third. He's just right there. He is right there. Simon Lazat jumps up three spots to take second place because of how well he played. And finally, Paul Macbeth takes the number one spot. He finished second at the European Open, but he's number one in our hearts at Joe's Disc Golf. So that's kind of what happened there. Uh, Again, as I said before, Paul Macbeth, Eagle McMahon played out of their minds really well. Simon Lazat, strong finish again. James Conrad, solid. Gannon Burr, he did not attend, so that's why he dropped. Uh, It's unfortunate that he was not there, but hey, it is what it is. It's a major. I get it. He probably doesn't have a passport yet, trying to get over there with his mom and or dad or both. I get it. I, I totally get it. So that is, that's that. So I don't currently see any comments here. So again, if anybody is in the chat and wants to say something, speak now or forever hold your peace. Because the show is about to end. It is. It really is. I am sorry, people. Please. Uh, YouTube, I get it. So speak now like I said, or forever hold your peace. There are a handful of people there. Thank you all for watching. Uh, Don't forget to check me out on Instagram, on Twitter. You can find me there. You can find news and articles and some disc reviews on the YouTube channel. If you're listening on audio podcast, you can find those on the YouTube channel or on joesdiscgolf.com. You can watch the show live. Uh, those of you who are watching live, you may or may not have noticed, maybe you're new, maybe you're not, that the background has changed a bit. Star Souls has flipped from over my left shoulder to my right shoulder. And there's a different black background back there. No more curtains. The disc came down a little bit a while ago. And there's a big chunk of wall just sitting there with nothing. I'm going to be decorating that soon. Uh, trying to either get some bookshelves, floating shelves, something to put some discs on, to put my one and only reward, award, not reward, award on. Um, Number one, intermediate for the Indiana Fall Series. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, huge prestige. Yes, intermediate, 
player here playing advanced and uh not playing well <laughs> recently at least uh as always you can find me on all those social medias if you do not want to watch this if you're bored you're like hey you got an ugly face but i like the sound of your voice well you're in luck because you can listen to this wherever you get your podcasts apple google spotify anchor.fm wherever if you want to leave a voice message for me head over to anchor.fm slash joe's disc golf you will have to either create an account or link your spotify account to be able to leave a voice message and it might get played on air or in a separate bonus episode where i answer your questions feel free to uh leave them in there if they're horribly inappropriate full of swears or just not something that should ever see the light of day it won't but if you are respectful and disagree respectfully you know just say like hey you're wrong you're an idiot because of x y and z i'll go like "Eh, maybe you're right maybe you're wrong i don't know try to change my mind see what's up there's all of that there's also the youtube channel which has content coming out constantly doing more and more shorts so uh salute your shorts see how many people catch that reference there again that's about it Thank you all for watching. If you're new here, you're awesome. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share wherever you want to share this at. Tag me. It'd be great. It'd be awesome. If not, no worries. Thank you all for watching. If you get a great tree kick, Eagle McMahon, you should thank Treesus. If you get kicked deeper into the woods and you have a less than favorable lie, you have transgressed against Treesus and need to repent and reflect. But... It's okay, because Treesus is full of forgiveness. Thank you all for watching. As always, I've been Joe, you've been awesome, and I can't wait to see you all in the next video, or talk to you all in the next podcast. Later, everybody.